everyone, and welcome to our third episode of Marianne and Wanda. I'm Allie. And I'm Andy. And we're really excited to talk to you guys today. Yay! Woo! <laughs> yeah, I don't... I've just had an okay day. Uh, I sprained my ankle last week, so I've been trying to hobble around and also not hobble around too much, so... <laughs> I'm sure Jose is probably enjoying the slower speed of your walks with a hobbled ankle. <laughs> Actually, he hates it. He keeps stopping and, like, looking back at me and then walking in a foot <laughs> and then having to stop again. He's very really up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had some interesting news this morning. I was almost to daycare to drop Rosie off, and I got a call that the daycare got shut down for COVID, so that kind of threw me for a loop this morning. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, kind of inconvenient, but I guess it's it's good that they're quarantining everybody. So that was unexpected, but you know, we'll work through it. <laughs> we'll get through it. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about The Fray. The Fray! <laughs> one of our very favorite bands and definitely something that we have bonded over for a for long time. Sure. Yeah. yeah, we have been to multiple concerts and had multiple jam sessions, especially in high school. Oh, yeah. Just cruising around to The Fray. <laughs> Yeah. Do you remember my Honda Civic that had the subwoofer in the trunk? Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I'm sure we definitely had that turned up for the fray. <laughs> yeah, for the fray. They're, they're the well fray. known for their bass. <laughs> oh, man. I was sad to get rid of that car only because of the subwoofer. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> what can you do? So let's just do a couple rapid fire to get the episode going. I want to know. What is your first concert that you went to? So as long as we're like excluding the symphony that we went to with our school or whatever. I don't remember the symphony. Okay. We used to go. I'm pretty sure that we went to the symphony at least once. I mean, we probably did. It's like a Sumner Academy field trip or something. Yeah. But one of the. That sounds right. Yeah. Like the first concert that I ever wanted to go to, though, I wanted to go to Chris Brown in 2008 when he was at the Bridgestone Arena, because our friend Shelby had, like, box seats or something, and I wanted to go, and my mom said that I wasn't allowed to, which, in hindsight, I guess was a good thing because of how Chris Brown turned out, but I remember being really upset at the time. But the first concert that I actually went to, I think, was The Fray, um, because we went to that in high school, right? And yeah. so, yeah, I, like, I wasn't really allowed to go to many concerts before then, and then we went to this, and it was I don't know. I had a great time. Yeah. That wasn't your first concert, right? (laughs) No. So for anybody who doesn't know, my dad was involved in the music industry quite a bit growing up, um, or at least me growing up. He still is, but obviously since I'm an adult and live on my own now, I'm not not as involved. (laughs) But uh, so what we, I think the first concert I ever went to, it was for the Judds. And the only thing I really remember about it is that it was at an amphitheater outdoors probably in South Carolina. Um, Mm -hmm. And all I remember is eating snacks on the blanket. And I vaguely (laughs) remember seeing them be like, you know, teeny tiny people on the stage. But I don't remember anything about it really other than that. The first one that I actually remember, though, was that we went to see a band called Riders in the Sky. And they did the soundtrack music for the Toy Story movies. And the way that we went to that concert, the way we got to go... (laughs) was that my dad knew the accordion player in the band. And so, <laughs> so that's how we went. 
And I looked them up because I don't, I mean, obviously I haven't listened to much of their music since the Toy Story soundtrack. <laughs> they, <laughs> they were, it was a four piece band that had like, uh, I think it was a, a banjo, maybe accordion, an upright bass and guitar. Mm-hmm. And it said that they have 44 zero albums. Oh my God. How? 40 albums, 40 full full length albums and that blew my mind (laughs) that would be like an album a year if they were a band for 40 years yeah that's why and i'm sure that it's probably been about that long so yeah those those were the first two that i went to what would you say was your worst concert well i actually think that we have the same worst concert well the same worst (laughs) artist i guess yeah so we went to see a guy named Somo and I don't even really remember how we found out about this guy he wasn't like super popular or anything but we went to see him at Marathon Music Works which is a very small venue in Nashville so it wasn't like he was selling out Bridgestone Arena or anything (laughs) but it was and so Allie and I also got our tickets for free from her sister but two of my other friends came with us and I think their tickets were like $15 so it's not like it was a highly exclusive show or anything like that yeah but he acted like he was royalty and that we were all blessed to be in his presence (laughs) and the arrogance that just like seeped out of him was disgusting and (laughs) i honestly did not enjoy that concert whatsoever yeah and i remember also not liking that concert but then i went back i guess like the next year or the year after that to see him a second time (laughs) with a different friend also for free for the record um but yeah he was at the symphony center that's in nashville and that building is like it's ornate it's beautiful there's a beautiful fountain outside and he felt so out of place in that venue that it was like 10 times worse than the last concert and my friend and I had only wanted to go to listen to one song, and he played it as the last song of his whole set. And so we had to sit there the whole time. It was probably the only, the only song that most people knew. Yeah. Yeah. Was I that concert play. very poorly attended? Like the first yeah. one? Yeah, there were not that many people there. Yeah. I want to say there was maybe a hundred at the one we went to together. There might have been fewer at this one. Hmm. yeah it was just an all-around zero out of ten stars concert (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so the last rapid fire question if you could see anyone in concert whether they were dead or alive who would you see um i have been thinking about this a lot and i'm still unsure because this is too much of a question for me um (laughs) i'm gonna still choose um i think two different artists maybe i would say either dolly parton because obviously she's amazing great choice great choice um i wish that i i love all of her stuff in gatlinburg like the stampede and dollywood Mm -hmm. so i just and i love her music and i just want to see her but also if i could see someone who was dead then maybe like ella fitzgerald and louis armstrong just because they're a very dynamic duo and i love them a lot yeah a hard question for me what about you so definitely queen adam and i really like listening to queen especially on road trips i think that would just be an awesome performance yeah and and then the other one would have to be our namesake the band formerly known as dixie chicks and now the chicks the chicks the chicks and 
I would I would mostly really like to see them because the three ladies in the band are more than just singers. I think it really adds a lot of musical talent to a group when they actually can play an instrument too. And mm-hmm. so one of them plays the fiddle, one of them plays, I believe it's the banjo, and the other one plays the guitar. And not only do they just like, like they don't just like strum to the guitar, they can like finger pick like I've never seen before. And wow. so in their songs, anytime there's like a guitar solo or banjo solo or a fiddle solo, it's the, one of the three girls. It's not like just other bandmates. I don't think that I knew that. I don't know that I've ever watched a video of them playing live. Also, do you remember when music videos used to be a really popular thing? They still are. I still watch new music videos when they come out. Okay, maybe it's maybe it's just more moved to YouTube and I don't watch YouTube as much. But I remember oh, okay. growing up, like, there were TV channels just for watching, like, the top 20 countdown oh, yeah. of whatever. And so it was like anytime a band had a new song come out, you knew there was going to be a music video for it. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I believe it was Ready to Run by the Chicks. I remember that music video and watching it at my grandparents' house on the Top 20 Countdown. <laughs> wow, on TV. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, that's amazing. Yeah. All right, so should we jump into the fray? Yeah, and I guess we should get into a little bit of background on them, just to, to give you guys a little taste of who they are. Um, so two of the original band members are Joe King and Isaac Slade. And they started the band all the way in 2002, which is 20 years ago now, in Denver, (laughs) Colorado. And then they added a couple people, including Isaac Slade's brother, Caleb, on the bass. And Caleb was later asked to leave the band, allegedly because he wasn't good enough. Um, They were getting more popular, and so they needed a better bass player in the band. And his departure actually caused a rift with his relationship with his brother and then that became the inspiration for the song over my head cable car which is that's rough i wonder if that was a like a band voting decision or if that was the lead singer's decision i bet it was a group decision i'm sure he didn't decide to do that to his brother just for funsies well i don't know fame can do some things to people i guess that's true yeah, yeah, and then a couple more people joined and they named their band The Fray and they ended up releasing an EP in 2002. But their first real album was How to Save a Life in 2003. And then, of course, they've had three more since then. So The Fray in 2009, Scars and Stories in 2012, and Helios in 2014. Which I was thinking about it and I definitely thought that it had been less time since the last Fray came, album came out. Yeah, I would agree. Also, I just realized that you said their first album was How to Save a Life. And that so that came out when? 2003. And I think it's very rare that a band's first album is their most popular or most commonly known. But I would say when you think of the Fray, most people, if they know a Fray song, are going to say How to Save a Life. Like normally yeah. as a band yeah. progresses and becomes more famous and more popular, whatever, their later stuff is what they're more known for. It's not usually their first album right out the gate that they are known for. But I just realized that, that you said that was their first album. And at least to me, anybody that I have ever had a conversation with about The Fray, they say, oh, yeah, How to Save a Life. 
Yeah, well, it's because that song is in every single TV show when somebody dies. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Everybody knows it. We should have Googled that to see if there was a list of, like, how many different TV shows that has been used in. Oh, there is. I just watched one of the Grey's Anatomy episodes that has it in it. That's exactly what I was thinking is it's probably in a Grey's Anatomy episode. (laughs) Absolutely. You know it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So those are all of their albums. But do you have a favorite album of theirs? So... I didn't really go album to album when I was much more into the fray. I was more had my favorite songs. And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that there was an album that I disliked or anything. But I think my favorite, my favorite ones were definitely Love Don't Die and Heartbeat, Turn Me On was a good one, and Syndicate. Mm -hmm. I really liked Syndicate. And I I know we, um, we had made notes about it but we used to make set lists or guess what their set list was going to be before we would go to their concerts and one that i remember we guessed that they were going to play syndicate first and they did and so we were right <laughs> on our guess the one time we were probably right that's the only wow. time i remember so that was probably the only time we were right <laughs> it's a good song though and it's a banger to start off with it starts off strong yeah well it makes sense why they opened with it yeah yeah but I would say that a lot of their early on music was a lot more piano focused and then they became more rock focused, I guess, as they progressed. But yeah. I think early on, the best song that was really focused on piano, in my opinion, is Vienna. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I remember, I remember liking that one a lot. Yeah. What's funny is that like most people probably don't know any of these songs. Like That's that. okay. Maybe they could look them up. <laughs> yeah, now's your chance. Um, when I was younger, I used to listen to The Fray on CD on my little portable uh, CD player that I had. And so I think that they were probably the start of me liking to listen to albums like in order from mm-hmm. start to finish. Yeah, that's true. Did, did you have to um, like hold your CD player when you went over a, a train tracks or something oh, like yeah. that to keep it from skipping? <laughs> You better believe it. The youth today don't know. They don't even know. Um, But yeah, so I think that when I think about it, I think about my favorite albums of theirs. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that Helios is my favorite. I keep going back and forth between Helios and Scars and Stories. And those are both of their their last two albums. I would Um, say I probably like the most songs that I like are on those two albums. So I would agree. Yeah. And yeah, so, and I like a lot of the other songs, like Rainy Zerk was one of my favorites when we were younger. Um, I really liked All at Once. And then, of course, Turn Me On. I don't know why we both love that song so much, but it's a good song. Yeah, it's fun to dance to. It is. So let's, let's enlighten everyone about our four Frey concert experiences. Uh, and I just want to preface this by saying that we've only paid for one of these concerts. The other three were free, either through my sister or through the city of Nashville. So I don't want to hear anything about it. Yeah, but, but we, would our- still, we would pay to go to them. We enjoyed the concerts. It's not like oh, we absolutely. only went because they were free. But that was a big part of why we've been to four of them. I mean, yeah. But if they, it's been a while since we've been to one. If they came back again, I would I probably would pay to go. Oh, absolutely. I would pay to go. Okay. So what was the first one we went to? So I remember buying these tickets when we were coming back with our friend Anna Lee, I think from the Girl Scout cruise. 
And it was the fray at <laughs> Also, Pers- hang on, hang on. <laughs> Just the phrase, the Girl Scout cruise. <laughs> okay, yeah, we don't have time for this. I'm going to say again, that's, the yeah, cruise. That's a story for another day. But yeah. we went on a cruise with Girl Scouts. Anyway, okay, move on. Um, so we bought tickets, and that's how we got Anna Lee to go with us. Partly because we were all together when we bought the tickets. And partly because the fray was on tour at the time with the hit name Kelly Clarkson. And so we saw them in September of 2012 at the Bridgestone Arena that way. And I had a great time. Yes, that one was a fun concert. And it's funny that like some things will always stick out to you about particular events in your life. And so this one concert, we went to Joe's Crab Shack before we went to the concert. And your mom took us because probably none of us had our license yet, maybe. Or we weren't allowed to drive downtown. But anyway, yeah. it was down. <laughs> we were 17, so I bet you had your license, but we weren't allowed to go downtown. Probably even, especially for a concert like this. We would never have been yeah. trusted to do that. No. Um, but yeah, so we went to Joe's Crab Shack, and while we were eating dinner, it was either you or your mom cracked a crab leg shell, and a piece <laughs> of it flew into my eye. And I was like, oh my gosh, my eye just started uncontrollably pouring tears. Just one eye. <laughs> and and you and Annalie, and I think even your mom, were like, oh, you just got some lemon in your eye. You're fine. And I had to run to the bathroom to make sure that, like, my eyeball wasn't going to be scratched or something. And I, I, had, I had this huge chunk of shell. And I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to get it out. But I was able to dig it out of my eye. And I took it back to the table to show you guys that I wasn't being a drama queen. (laughs) And that I really did have a shell stuck in my eye. So sorry. But it's okay because I didn't need the eye to enjoy the concert. So it was all fine. Yeah, that was a, yeah, that's really funny. I'm pretty sure it was probably me who had the crab legs. Because I'm a big (laughs) fan of crab legs. So I am. I do apologize for 17-year-old Allie. That's okay. But the only part that I remember about this concert is that it was very clear when you were people watching who was there for the fray and who was there for Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there was that guy at the end of our row, right? And he was dancing only for Kelly. He was sitting still for the entire fray. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. And then I remember at the end, the last song that they did was Kelly sang Stronger, and she brought the fray out to do whatever little, like, the early TikTok dance of 2012 for Stronger. Mm -hmm. And then the guy at the end of our row went wild for it and knew every single move. Yeah, he knew the choreography. He was a dedicated fan. More dedicated, (laughs) I guess, than we were to the fray. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. But then it was only like three months later on New Year's Eve of 2012 when we saw them again, right? Yeah. So every year, well, I'm not sure about the past couple of years with COVID, but usually every year Nashville throws a huge New Year's Eve party. And so they have a lot of different bands playing on this stage that's right at the end of Broadway. Mm-hmm. And so it just happened to be that that same year, the fray was the headliner. And so, of course, we were going to go because they had a great show three months before. Got to go see him again. (laughs) Yeah, why not? And so just to make it a tradition, we went to Joe's Crab Shack again (laughs) (laughs) beforehand because it was right there, right next to the stage. But you and I both, we went with some other friends, too, who drove us. But 
you and I both said we have to get there early so we can get really good seats because it's a free show. So everyone's going to get there early <laughs> and we want to be able to see. So we got to Joe's Crab Shack for dinner at like four o'clock. And I think we hung out there for a little while. And so we came out to Broadway at like probably 530, maybe six o'clock. And it was dead. There was not <laughs> a single person up at the stage, but they had people performing about, you know, 30 minute sets, maybe 45 minutes up until it got dark and it got more crowded. Yeah. But we did not care. We went and got our spots. I don't even remember if the if my other friends that came with us stayed with us or if they just went and wandered around for a little while and then came back. But you and I were like, "No, we're not leaving. We're get, we're going to keep these spots. We don't care how long we have to stand here." I also don't remember that we ever left to go to the bathroom anywhere. So, we were dedicated to holding our spots. Well, we were in like the third line or something, the third row. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah. We were so close. I love yeah. that one. So the uh, one thing I do remember about that one, though, is that the band who performed right before the fray was Sixpence None the Richer. And I, mm-hmm. I'm sure I looked them up before we went that night. Uh-oh, pause, low battery, got to plug my phone in. Okay, continuing. So the band Sixpence None the Richer was the act that went on before the fray and i'm sure i looked them up before we went just because i wanted to know who they were and they had two songs that i knew kiss me and the other one was there she goes and i knew that one because in the parrot trap hey (laughs) all comes full circle so in the parrot trap when hallie comes to london as annie she's she gets off the plane and she's headed to see her mom for the first time at their house. And when she's driving through London, the song is, there she goes, yeah. there she goes again as she's driving through London. But it's a, it must be a cover because it was a male's voice. Anyway, so looking that up, I was like, oh, yeah, I know that song. I, I like them. But it was terrible because I don't know if this lady just forgot how to perform or what. But it was like oh her feet. <laughs> it was like Gazing her feet. review. Yeah, zero out of ten stars. <laughs> it was like her feet were glued to the stage right in front of the microphone because she did not move around the stage or do anything. All she did was take one hand and twirl her skirt a little bit. Mm-hmm. And and for whatever reason, she sang for like an hour and a half when all the other bands before her were like 30, 45 minutes tops. And you and I were so annoyed. Like, when is the fray going to get here? Because <laughs> I've had enough of this lady. Oh my god. She was so boring. And then when the fray did come on, they only played for like 45 minutes before the music note dropped and then everybody went home. Well, yeah, they were up against a much uh, stronger time crunch than she was. That's insane. I don't remember that. <laughs> what I remember most from this concert was that they brought out Emmy Lou Harris to sing Boulder to Birmingham with them. And I really liked that. And my I really wanted to run home and tell my mom that because she really liked Emmy Lou Harris. And that was the only, like, touchstone to this band that she had was that they <laughs> sang a song with her. Yeah. And the only other thing I remember about this one is somebody was crowd surfing and got dropped on my head. <laughs> and that's how Andy got her brain damage. <laughs> uh, okay, so what was the next one we went to? The next one, I think, is one of my absolute favorites. It was in July in 2014, and they were at the woods at Fontenelle. Which is like a little bit outside of Nashville, right? Yeah, and I meant to look this up today to see if this venue is still operational. But this Mm -hmm. was definitely my favorite one that we went to because the atmosphere was just so much cooler than 
being at Bridgestone Arena or um, or being downtown. I don't know, not having any other places to go, really, because you're so smashed in with everybody. But this one was cool because, like you said, it was right outside of Nashville. It rained, and so we wore ponchos, but we didn't care because there was so much fun going on. Mm -hmm. And they had different areas. So, like, we technically had seats, but we weren't made to stay in those seats. So we went over to the standing area for a little while, and we went and found some other seats that had a better view that were empty for a little while. So I really liked this venue in particular. Yeah, same. I really liked that it was outdoors and that it was smaller. Um, it just mm-hmm. felt like, a, I don't know, yeah, a lot more intimate and a lot more fun. I, I would say smaller, but it also seemed like there was a lot of people there. I don't remember it being, like, very few numbers or anything. No, but I think that there were a lot of people behind us, and I was always looking at the stage. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> But one of the reasons I love the song Love Don't Die is because at this concert, they, I guess, whoever, the stage managers, whatever, blew up giant beach balls and was throwing them around in the crowd. And so all the crowd was just bopping the beach balls around and singing and jumping up and down and having a great time. And it was just an overall good vibe. Yeah, we love to, we love to see it. <laughs> and then what was the last one we went to? So the last one was The Fray with Train at Bridgestone Arena. So this is the second Bridgestone Arena concert we've been to to see of them. And honestly, before we talked about, or before we made notes about this, I totally forgot we even went to this concert. And I really don't remember much of it other than since it was with Train. I remember seeing them play Soul Sister, so I'm sure it was there. But other than that, I don't remember anything about this concert. Well, I have a single very blurry picture of us at the concert. I have several videos of them playing but only one of actually us at the concert. So mm. we'll share that one later. But I remember this one because we had gotten tickets again through Libba and they were will call and I didn't know where we were sitting. But my friend Dan from Vanderbilt was also going to go to the concert to go see Train, to be clear. He wasn't as big of a Frey fan as we were. Um, <laughs> so he also had tickets to this concert. And I didn't know where he was. And then he ended up being like maybe two or three rows away from us, which I just thought was really funny. That yeah. really made my night. <laughs> oh, but yeah, those are four whole concerts and it's been seven years. So honestly, we need them to just go back on tour so that we can go see them again. Yeah. What I'm thinking is that we tag the fray, maybe the lead singer in our post for this episode mm-hmm. and just ask him if they have any plans to go on tour anytime or what they're up to, or if they're even still a band and <laughs> see if we can get some, see if we can get the inside scoop. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that they'll respond to us. I have a very good track record with celebrities <laughs> responding to me on Instagram. <laughs> oh God. So other than the fray, we've been to a couple other concerts together and had some other notable concerts separately, I guess. But what were some other good ones aside from the fray that in 20 to 30 years from now, you'll look back on and remember, oh, yeah, that was a great concert. Well, one of the best ones that we've been together was obviously Justin Timberlake. Yeah. (laughs) I absolutely loved that concert. And if you ever get a chance to go see him live, I would highly recommend it. Because he takes his band, the Tennessee Kids, on tour with him. And they it's like a full, there's got to be like 20 or 30 members of this. They've got all different kinds of instruments, including my favorite section, which is brass instruments. And it's just overall, that was a really good concert because it came, he went on tour right after the 2020 experience came out. And that's my favorite album of his. 
And so yeah. it was just all of my favorite songs by him on stage. He was moving around. He was dancing. Overall, great time. And we also had seats that were like as far away from the stage as you could get. Like the yeah. total opposite end of the arena. But I remember he got on this thing that was like a, it was like a, a horizontal elevator almost where he got on it and it rolled him all the way to the very back so that we were almost like front row. And he performed on this little like catwalk and then it yeah. rolled him back to the front of the stage. <laughs> I remember that, that moving platform. That was really good. Yeah, I don't know what that thing's called, but it was like a, it was like a, per- not perpendicular. It was a horizontal catwalk that moved all the way back to us so that was fun but yeah I think that you definitely were a bigger Justin Timberlake fan than I was it wasn't uh, somebody that I grew up listening to a whole lot but Mm. even if you don't like Justin Timberlake you have to admit that his music is so well put together because there's so many different pieces in the orchestra like you know one song may start out with whatever instrument and then a couple seconds later it'll layer in another one and another one and another one and it may have 15 different layers of instruments before he even starts singing and so I think the way that he composes his music is very well done yeah I agree and the performance is just top notch yeah he's a really great dancer one of the best I would say (laughs) and then in addition to that like I've seen Beyonce and Jay-Z on tour and they were honestly probably the best duo probably the best concerts that I've ever been to my sister Libba and I went to both their on the run tour one and two both of the times once in Atlanta and once in New York and each time it was amazing to see the difference between the two of them because Beyonce is Beyonce obviously so she's like a big performer if you've seen her homecoming um, special on Netflix she's got you know 20 dancers behind her and a hundred musicians or whatever and she's dancing she's got outfit changes and it's like a big production and then jay-z will come on stage and he's the only one out there he's wearing just like all black and just rapping as he moves around but he still commands the same level of attention as beyonce does and just like together between the two of them it's just an amazing show i realized that you went to the first one four years or they were four years apart is what I'm saying between your first and second time seeing them. So to know that they, they still bring the energy, even though it was a four year difference, not that that's a long time, but just to have a completely new concert lineup and a completely new show put together and it still be just as good as the first one. Oh yeah. And it's been four years now. So I guess when's on the run tour three coming out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And of course, share, I could never, I could never list my favorite concerts and not also list Cher in Vegas. That was an overall great experience. She brought her elephant out that she has. She, I guess she used to perform with this thing. And she would ride like a fake elephant out on stage. And she did that in Vegas. And so it was just like she's 70 years old or whatever. And she was still an amazing <laughs> performer. Would also recommend Cher if you get the chance. That's funny. I would say a couple for me. We had an event at the college I went to called exam jam and they would bring in, I mean, it wasn't any like super notable singers because the college I went to was very small. So it's not like they were (laughs) going to have anybody huge come, but they had this one singer come and his name is Bryce Vine. And if you listen to any like mainstream music now, you'll probably recognize the name because he's had a few pretty big songs in the past couple of years. But when he was booked to play at my school, 
he had two songs. And so, like, when you searched him in YouTube, there was only two results. So, of course, before he came, I listened to both of them so I would know what they were. And one of them was called Sour Patch Kids. And it was such a good song, like the ultimate summertime jam. But the notable thing about him that I really enjoyed, like, I'm pretty sure the stage was set up, like, in the gym or something. So not, (laughs) not, not a great choice of venue, but it is what it is. Yeah. But the thing that was awesome about him is that he also played the trumpet, which at first I said it was the saxophone, but it's not. It's the trumpet. Oh, and cool. <laughs> I like the trumpet just as much. Yeah. And so in that song, he's got a trumpet solo, which I mean, most of the time a song would have a guitar solo or, you know, maybe a drum solo or something. But no, he had a trumpet solo. Wow. And so I recommend that you go look that song up because it's it's a very positive, good time song. And I also think that when a musician, like I said earlier with the chicks, a musician who plays an instrument as well as singing just adds to the cool factor. So Bryce Vine with his trumpet just made him 10 times cooler. Another Mm -hmm. example, Lizzo and her flute just makes her 10 times cooler that not only are they just a performer and a singer, but they also can read music, they know music, and they, they have almost a, not a deeper understanding, but they can make their their music more I guess unique to them having that instrument that you don't hear all the time as part of their music so definitely remember him for his trumpet skills and then I would say the other one that I've been to I've been to Warp Tour a few times over the summer and Warp Tour in general at first was not the kind of music that I listened to but I had a lot of friends in college who liked to go Mm-hmm. But one thing that I did like to do is they had it set up like a typical festival where there's multiple stages. And so you go look at the main um, time board when you first get there and it shows you what time every person is playing and what stage they're on. So before I would get to Warp Tour, like a, a week beforehand, I would look up everyone who was coming. And there was sometimes like 40 or 50 bands and pick out the ones that I liked. And then that morning when we got to the concert, I would go look at the time board and figure out who was playing when, and some of the ones that I went to see that I was really interested in, one of them in particular was BB Rexa. Oh, cool. It was was before she was on the radio, and I went to watch her set, and there was like 15 or 20 people there. But just some things like that, just seeing a couple people, I could tell, like, she's got a really good voice. She's going places. And then a few years later, she's on the radio, and she's got some huge songs. Yeah. But just get, having the opportunity to see them before they blow up and get huge was really cool, too. So there were several bands that I I remember. I'll remember looking back like, oh, yeah, I got to see her. And it was kind of an intimate feel with there only being a handful of people that were even interested in watching her set at the time. Yeah. And then to find out now she has, you know, probably millions of followers and millions of dollars, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, yeah, I always think that the Warp Tour – outings were fun yeah I've never been to a festival type that's the only that's the only one I've been to I've never been to like Bonnaroo or anything like that but I also don't think I could do a festival just for the sake of I didn't need to have a shower every day I'm not going (laughs) I'm not going four days in June to Bonnaroo with no shower it's just not gonna happen (laughs) good to know not not happening If we want to go sometime and we can get a hotel like right down the street and I can come oh, back and shower and take a nap. Yeah. Andy. What? What are we, a hundred? Yes. Okay. Oh, God. Uh, but I think that about 
about does it for my concert history of everything memorable plus our review and recap of all the fray fun times we had of all the bands that you have ever listened to uh, no okay of all the concerts you've ever been to how many microphones would you give the fray out of five oh gosh i didn't even think about rating them um let's see well i would say first of all since i've seen them so many times okay let's do do the woods at fontanelle okay Okay, that was the favorite fray concert how mm-hmm. many microphones out of five would you give it? I would definitely give it a probably a 4.4 microphones out of five microphones. Yeah, I'd give it like a strong four, four and a half. Well, yeah. Not my absolute favorite, but still an amazing concert. Yeah, still very good. The only things that would have made it better would have been things that they couldn't control. Like it rained the whole time. We had to wear ponchos, yeah. which were really sticky, but it was fine. Um, but like things like that, they couldn't control, but just the overall atmosphere and looking back experience that we had definitely 4.4 microphones. Yeah. I'll post post some pictures from that concert. I know Uh, I have some too. Also, I was looking back. I have the picture of us from Joe's Crab Shack. Must've been right before I got the crab in my eye. (laughs) (laughs) There's a picture and you have a, you have one of those plastic bibs on so that you don't get food all over you. Nice. Instead, I'll get it all over you. Right, yeah. But yeah, that picture exists too. (laughs) Uh, I just wanted to give a little shout out to concertarchives.org for having all of the information that I wanted on the fray and all the other toys that we had. Yeah, Um, I didn't didn't know that existed. That's a cool resource. Great resource. Would recommend if you ever need to look up tours. (laughs) Um, And I think that what we've decided is that we're going to start doing our book club on the last week of every month, right? I think that sounds good. Yes. So this month, that's going to be July 29th. So everybody should get their copy of Stargirl by Jerry Spinelli. I've started it and it's funny so far. Just the, <laughs> it's set in like a high school setting and mm-hmm. just the, it, yeah, it's funny. I won't, I won't spoil it yet, but yeah, okay. it's good. I'm only like five chapters in, but yeah, okay. it's good. <laughs> and I still haven't gotten my copy, so I need to work on it. I'm sorry. I, there's so Get many the books on Get the bookmobile on it. Okay, I will. I assure <laughs> you. There's just too many books, Annie. There's just too many books. Okay, well, we'll both work on it. And then July 29th, we'll, we'll have a discussion. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to us ramble on about how much we love the fray. We hope you all enjoyed it. Yeah, and we hope you go out and listen to some of the songs we recommended. And go by your library and get Stargirl. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Marianne and Wanda. We would love to hear your feedback and if you have any books or topics for us to review. You can reach us at Marianne and Wanda podcast on Instagram or send us an email at Marianne and Wanda podcast at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.